It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Welcome in, everybody. It's another week of Wired, the Pistons podcast, as Detroit heads out of Mexico City and heads into Houston for a Saturday date with the Rockets. Pistons have won for their last six. Thursday night's performance, really not a great one, certainly from the defensive uh, side of things. It was a great time for the team to be down in Mexico and being, being a part of an international game, a home game, actually, but... This one in Mexico City against the Dallas Mavericks, 122-111 to 111 was the final on Thursday night. Matt Derry with you, brought to you by Jeep. Indeed, we're talking Detroit Pistons with you on the podcast. Our guest today will be Pistons radio host, the newest member of the Pistons broadcast team, Chris Falar, who hosts the Pistons weekly show on 97.1 The Ticket and also is the new pregame, halftime, and postgame radio host alongside the network. We'll get Chris's thoughts on the gig, how he's enjoying it so far, what he talks about after games, what he says after games, and also, certainly, his thoughts on this Detroit Pistons team is how they're playing so far this season. 10-15, uh, and 15, 10th place in the East is not going to cut it. We know that. The team just has to be more consistent. And really, it starts on the defensive end, at least for the month of December. If you just look at the December games right now, December 1st, the Pistons played the Spurs. They gave up 98 points. That was it. They won. Two nights later in Cleveland, they only uh, served up 94 points. Knocked off the Cavaliers. Then, Wednesday night, on a back-to-back after the Cleveland win, Milwaukee hung 127 points on them. What do you think the the outcome was? It was a loss. Friday night, good win over the Pacers. Only gave up a buck one. 101 points. They won. Pelicans win Monday night, and the Derrick Rose shot at the buzzer. And boy, was that a lot of fun, watching Derrick Rose of old just do work in the fourth quarter. The turnaround jumper at the buzzer, they ended up putting a tenth of a second on the clock. But regardless, the Pistons played solid defense and only served up 103 points, and they won by two. And then last night in Dallas, in Mexico City, you know, Mavs shoot 51%, hit 16 threes, get 41, 12 and 11 from Luka Doncic. Seth Curry comes off the bench and drops 30. Of course they're going to lose. They gave up 122 points. So, you know, and I've said this from day one on this show, and I'll continue to preach it. The Pistons right now in their rotations defensively against athletic wings and guys that really can break you down like Doncic did last night, they've had their issues and their struggles. And you see it watching Blake Griffin play. He's coming back from injury, from the knee. He's had some good nights. Last night he had that ball fake on the baseline and the dunk, and you go, all right, there's the Blake of old. But he's just, you know, he's struggling. He has not played his best basketball, and he's not healthy. He's not 100% healthy. And last night, a night to forget for him with the 3-for-16 and the 1-for-10 from 3, uh, you know, Andre Drummond, despite the eye issue that he had, some <laughs> allergic reaction to an avocado, 23-15. and 15. Andre's starting to play. Derrick Rose is doing his thing. I mean, the fourth quarter run that he put the team on, or maybe it was the end of the third going into the fourth when the Pistons were down big and then D. Rose took over, but there's just that inconsistency from the other guys. You know, Pistons have improved as a three-point shooting team, but last night in a game they really wanted to get, sandwiched between the New Orleans and Houston trips, they just couldn't knock down any shots. And those were shots, as Dwayne Casey said after the game, that they usually make. Our guest this week is the newest member of the Pistons broadcasting team. If you listen to the games on 97 won The Ticket and the Pistons Radio Network, you hear this man's voice on the pregame, halftime, and postgame shows. Chris Falar joins me now here on Wired. How are you doing, Chris? Good, man. What's going on, buddy? 
Good to hear your voice, my friend. Uh, you and I have a, a, a weird history. You know, I'm from Cleveland, work in Detroit. You were from Detroit, working in Cleveland. We were together at the Fan in Cleveland for a while. Now you're back home and uh, with this gig. It's uh, it's kind of been a crazy, crazy uh, experience for you, hasn't it? No, I've definitely enjoyed it. Uh, definitely uh, like uh, working with you on a brief uh, crossing of paths over in Cleveland. I'm sure you, like me and other Clevelanders, were just sitting down and pondering the existence of Francisco Lindor and the Indians and their future and the meaning of life, but uh, such is our existence, I suppose. <laughs> well, this Pistons gig, I know, is exciting for you to get to get on the air with the team. Well, what's been your... Um, I don't know, as you prepare and look at every game, take me through, I guess, your evening and how you get ready for the games. Well, you know, I like to go through a lot of the statistics because uh, I think that's an interesting part of to kind of follow along with uh, where the team is progressing and where they're uh, at some point. You know, could use a little work, and this year it's been a lot of uh, the turnovers and uh, the three-point shot has been a really interesting uh, journey and how it goes through throughout the season as well. But, uh, you know, talking to Mark Champion and Rick Mahorn, those guys are just uh, the utmost of professionals. Uh, they're, they're very, very much into their uh, broadcasting and kind of picking their brains a little bit has helped me along. And uh, I've, I've always loved the NBA, and I just think that uh, sitting down for an evening and watching uh, a few hours of NBA action and getting to talk about it, it uh, you really can't beat it. There's one thing about the Pistons, and I know this because I, I was in your role for many years, is the team's always fair. They're not going to micromanage you. Uh, as long as you're on the air after the game not not taking personal shots, I, I think having to tell it like it is, especially in a season like this so far, um, isn't that kind of the approach? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when I first uh, sat down with the team, um, I was specifically told, um, look, there's going to be times this year where the team is – probably going to deserve to be criticized. They're going to do things that um, you're not going to like, and they're going to have down points where uh, you're going to want to say things about them and uh, and tell the truth, and we absolutely think that that's what you should do. Um, I, I think being fair to the team is definitely um, of the utmost importance, and when I say fair, I mean just, uh, like I said, tell it like it is, because fans are going to be able to tell when you are you know, give them the team a little extra shining where they don't deserve it. And I think NBA fans are extremely smart, especially fans in Detroit that have seen a lot of good basketball over the years. So if you go out there and you start trying to polish something that shouldn't be polished, you're going to be called out immediately. So I just think that if you see something that should be called out as unacceptable, then that's exactly what you should do. Chris Fillar with me, the uh, radio voice of the pregame, halftime, and postgame shows on the Pistons Radio Network uh, joining me. His, this is his first season doing this uh, opportunity. He also does some work for Entercom as well on both WWJ and, and 97 won the ticket. Chris, your history with the Pistons, uh, how far does it go back? Well, I've uh, been, you know, born in, I wasn't born in Detroit, but I was raised in Detroit, obviously from Cleveland. But, uh, you know, I was here for the go-to-work Pistons and um, although I am at my heart a Cavaliers fan, um, I was here to follow a lot of those teams that was really fun to watch. Uh, you know, Chauncey and Rip, and Rip who was in Mexico City last night, and you know, all of those guys playing to a championship. And, you know, I had my fair share of going down and having some beers in basements and watching them play. And like I said, I've been an NBA fan forever. 
Um, and it was really cool to kind of come and be a part of that franchise that I was uh, in my formative years when it came to sports, uh, watching quite closely. So I think it's a, a nice little mix for me to be able to watch a team that I definitely respected when I was uh, growing up and watching sports. And now I get to follow them every night. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun to see them kind of try to progress throughout the season and yeah, find guys who are going to help them along the way, whether it be a Luke Kennard or a Langston Galloway, whoever wants to step up and uh, be that next scorer that they need off the bench or in the starting lineup or whatever it happens to be. I'm here for it. So what'd you say last night? Certainly, uh, you know, you look at the schedule and, and you see the kind of victory that they had Monday in New Orleans on the Derrick Rose game-winning shot, and uh, it, w- it was awesome. But you, there just hasn't been that consistency yet, Chris, where, all right, uh, you know, Thursday night in Mexico City would have been a great opportunity to try to do their best to limit everything that Luca did and get a win there, and uh, it just didn't happen. That's kind of been the way the season's gone. Some ups and, and some downs. It's been very, very inconsistent, if anything, right? Well, first things first. There are two things that disappointed me the most about that game. One, Derek Rose saying that he's never seen a Star Wars movie. That's unacceptable. I will not have it. He's raising children. <laughs> you cannot look over pop culture like that. So he's going to have to earn my trust back with a few more game winners. But uh, second most disappointing thing, uh, how does Rick Carlisle not put Bolbon in the game? That arena was about to tear itself down chanting his name, and that's disappointing to me, but uh, he should have put him in the game. Um, so then, wait, so wait, wait a minute, so your two takeaways yeah. from last night are Star Wars and Bobon? <laughs> Those are the most important things that I took away from the game. And also the wave needs to die. They were doing the wave, and that felt so unacceptable, but we going to overlook that past the Star Wars and the Bobon. But I will say this about the game. Um, Luka Doncic, uh, he's a stud. I, I don't know how uh, you, a talent like that exists and you take him, you know, third in a draft and the team that originally takes him isn't even the one that ends up with him. Uh, he, he makes it look so easy and containing him is just, I, I don't think it's, it's possible at this point the way that he's playing. It looks like he's playing in slow motion, uh, putting up 40-point triple doubles and, it's just it's wild to me how good he is at age 20. And I wasn't expecting the Pistons to to counter anything necessarily he did. I think he's going to get his, much like Russell Westbrook a couple of years ago. Uh, but I still think the Pistons are looking for, for wins against the teams that are near the top. And I know, I know they beat the Pacers the other night, but you have to understand that, you know, their best players being DeMontis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon, you know, I'm talking about the wins where no one's expecting you to beat Milwaukee on the second half of a back-to-back. But if you're a team like the Pistons, I think the next step is to kind of show that you can hang with those top teams. I think Saturday in Houston is going to be a good opportunity for that. James Harden, obviously, is going to get his as well, just putting up over 50 points against Cleveland the other night. But, uh, you know, since Blake Griffin gave his you got to like the fight speech after that second Hornets block, um, a couple of weeks ago, the team started showing a little more grit, but you'd love to see them go against a really, really good top team with a top player and show them that they belong on the same court. And I think we're still kind of looking for that victory. Chris Fillar, Pistons Radio host, uh, joining me here on Wired, the Pistons podcast. Matt Derry with you, brought to you by Jeep. Uh, you mentioned it uh, right back at it. Kind of a the schedule maker hasn't been great to this team. Let's be honest. The the, the back to back, you know, home opener 
uh, was rough. Uh, having to go to Miami on a Tuesday night in the snow after playing Monday night was rough. And you're right. Now you get done with the with the Mexico City trip, which it's not like you're flying uh, you know too far, but still. Now, back now you get one night before you know after Luca and and going to Mexico City where you do a lot of activities and, and league stuff to have to play the Rockets. But you're right. I mean this this would be a golden opportunity on Saturday night to 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 shock everybody and go knock off James Harden. Yeah, and you know Houston is is not invincible. They've lost a couple of games recently that I kind of looked at and said to myself and said, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe they're uh, not just going to wipe the floor with this Piston team uh, on the third leg of a, a road trip that, uh, like you said, is uh, the schedule's been a little bit rough. I was talking to uh, Malik Rose, I think, uh, a week or two ago um, about this early schedule, and I asked him, I said, hey, what did you guys do to the uh, NBA schedule makers to make them uh, do this to you? They're the only team to have a back-to-back at the very beginning of the season. They had multiple back-to-backs. Their second games of those skids are just... They're brutal. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks having to face them on short rest twice, and then that's not even going to be the worst of it. I think right after Christmas, uh, they're going on a long, long road trip. I think 13 days where they go San Antonio, Utah, L.A., Golden State, L.A., Cleveland, and then they have to come back again. Um, But, you know, I think the schedule's going to even out a little bit eventually. Everybody plays the same amount of games and the same amount of time the like opponents, they're, they're just going to have to figure it out. Right now, you're sitting five games under 500. You're in the Eastern Conference. You, you just have to find a way to continue climbing that ladder because being the eighth seed and being swept by the number one seed is, okay, that's fine. I guess you could call that a step. But this season, the bar is going to need to be a little higher than that. I think they have the talent. I think they have the coaching. I think they have the know-how and the veteran leadership to go further than that, and if they don't, then a lot of questions are going to have to be asked about uh, the future, the construction of the roster, where's this team going to be in three years, so I don't think they want to answer those questions necessarily, so why not just go out, uh, get the wins that you should be winning, and go from there. What do you like the most about this roster, and what concerns do you have as we're, like you said, about 25 games in? You know, I, I keep watching this defense and afford to take that next step. And I think they've done a nice job in the last week, week and a half, to show that you know, they're not going to be pushed around. Uh, they're going to bring some toughness to the team. I've been pleasantly surprised by Andre Drummond. And, you know, you start watching the team and you think you know, so many people call him just a, uh, a, a patch statter. Uh, a guy that's going to go out there, yeah, he's getting uh, double-digit points and, like, 20 rebounds, but uh, what does it matter? What impact does it really bring to the game? Uh, you know, watching him out there, uh, all of the times that he's not out there pretending to be a point guard, I think he went as a point guard for Halloween. I don't know why he's going coast-to-coast with his rebounds and trying to make crossover moves and threes every now and then, and I don't think he's made any of them yet. But he's also doing the little things down below. You know, the cutting off the passing lanes, getting the blocks and the steals. He's averaging almost two of them each per game. And he's filled them up quite a bit. And he, he makes those plays when they really matter during the game. I think that he's been, uh, to quote Dwayne Casey, a monster at times during the season. And I think uh, uh, you think Blake Griffin is going to be the obvious number one on this team. And he's probably the last couple games a little bit. You'd like to see him in his consistency. 
again, the three-point shooting has been a, a really nice thing for the team. I, I don't know if they're still number one in the NBA after last night, but you know they're at least going to be really close shooting. I think 39% now. And uh, Luke and I have been coming along. Maybe him getting that starting job was a really good thing for his career because I've loved what he's done in the opening period of a lot of these games. He scored double-digit points in the opening period, I think, three straight games. Um, he's a very uh, hot and cold shooter, I think, but when he's on, he can definitely be on. And I would love Langston Galloway to take that next step. And I, I think they have a lottery ticket in Christian Wood as well. So I think that there's a couple of guys on the team right now, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, uh, who are going to be good. I think Blake's just in a little bit of a slump right now. I think he can break out of that. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. But if there's, a, if there's just a few guys that I think if they can go one tier above what they're doing right now, and that could definitely propel this team, and I'm, I'm just waiting for it to happen Chris, I'm with you. I I think that uh, I said this before you came on the show here today. Uh, You know, Blake's not 100%, and you could just tell. And the way he's moving laterally, defensively, it's you have to have him on the court. I mean, he's 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 your guy, but he's just you know you can just tell that that knee is not 100%. And and then there's going to be nights that Derrick Rose has to be slowed down a little bit based on his injury history and. Those are, you know, you look up and you go, all these things are right. And you're, last night they just didn't make any threes. And that's what cost him. And then Luca went off. But, you know, you said t- that, that's Blake's knee. That's just, and, and, and Derek Rose's health. Those are just two huge wild cards the rest of the way. Yeah, you would think, you know, looking at Derek Rose, like, wow, I think they have that third guy. You know, this beast that comes off the bench and they can, you know, do things like choose the pass bit. You know, you have that one guy, the Montesinoble, that comes off the bench spark and play with the team down the stretch and take those big shots. The one problem is, and uh, Dwayne Casey and and everybody in the front office, you know, talked about the same thing. Like, look, it's great to have Derrick Rose. He's going to be a great thing for this team. He's an asset. He's going to be a big part of what they're doing. The problem is you can't play him more than 29 minutes. You, you just can't. It's just not what he's able to do in his career right now. But, you know, when they signed him, on a couple-year deal, when fans saw him come in, they weren't quite sure what to make of it. Like, look, you remember, this is a guy that scored 50 with the Timberwolves, and he obviously has a lot left in the tank. Uh, he is the go-to guy for this team coming down the stretch in the fourth quarter. you love to see it, but the problem with the team right now, most certainly, is that these starters, including Blake, uh, they, they have to rest every now and then. They have to go to the bench, and when you lose Andre Drummond off the bench, and all of a sudden... You know, Christian Wood and Thon Maker have to come in and try to guard a really athletic big man down low. It just it hasn't happened right now. But I think Casey is still kind of in that experimental stage with his rotation. And, okay, who's going to go on to? Who do I have to switch? You know, Dodgers last night, they started with Bruce Brown. Then they had to go to Tony Snell. And then it became the realization, like, okay, maybe we should work out yeah. stopping right. Seth Curry. instead of Luke Dodgers because he's in another zone right now, and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I final thing for uh, Chris Villar, Pistons radio host. You hear him on Pistons Weekly Show as well on the ticket and the pre-half and post-game shows. Uh, Pistons will be in Houston on Saturday night for a 9 o'clock start. But you know, now's the time, Chris, four to the next five after the Houston game, home games. Monday, Washington. Next Wednesday, Toronto. Then they go to Boston, but then two more after that at home. Saturday, the 21st, Chicago. And then Monday, the 23rd against the Sixers. Now would be the time, like you said, to get hot 
and kind of put a string together. It just it hasn't happened yet. You know, and you look at a couple of these teams, and, and, and the problem a few weeks ago with the Pistons was that they weren't winning the games that they were supposed to win. And, you know, I'm talking about the next step now where they have to go in and surprise people and win against teams like the Rockets and the Mavericks and eventually the Lakers and the Clippers when they go on their road trip. And, you know, that's going to be something that they're going to have to elevate for. But, you know, they shouldn't be losing to the Chicago Bulls at the United Center. They shouldn't be losing three straight games to the Charlotte Hornets. You know, this is a team that has to be better than that. So now, like you said, when you look at the schedule, and you have Washington there, very beatable team. Toronto, they're playing very good basketball, but again, not invincible. Uh, Boston's going to be a tough game. Chicago, you got to win that game. You play Washington again, San Antonio. These are the games that they can't afford to drop. And I think if they play their brand of basketball, if their threes drop and they don't have 13 turnovers in the first half and Blake Griffin can you know, score 20 or more points, I think those are their games to have. It just always seems like in these losses, it's one thing that gets them into a hole and they have to try to climb their way out. And sometimes they just dig a little too deep and, you know, the uphill battle is a little bit too much for them. They just, they can't give up some of these 14, 20 point runs to these teams uh, where the defense seems to lapse a little bit. And, you know, too often you see the other team uh, just kind of spam the, the pick and roll, the pick and pop. And then the, the, uh, the body language of the Pistons D gets a little bit down from there, and that's where the runs come from, and then they got to pick it up and try to make a run of their own. It's just, it's no way to live in, in basketball today, especially if they want to get back to 500. Chris, uh, great visiting with you. Congratulations on this opportunity. I, I know you're, uh, you're, you're killing it and doing great, and we'll be listening, man. Thanks so much. Man, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. Chris Villar from the Pistons Radio Network, 97.1 The Ticket and Intercom Radio. You hear him on WWJ, 97.1, and all across the state on the Pistons Radio Network, hosting the pregame, halftime, and postgame shows, working alongside Mark Champion and certainly Rick Mahorn. We appreciate Chris for coming on. Again, coming up uh, Saturday night, Pistons at the Rockets. Detroit will get a look at James Harden and Russell Westbrook, 9 o'clock Saturday night. Catch that game, of course, on FSD with George Blaha and Greg Kelser. And on 97 won the ticket in the Pistons Radio Network with Mark and Rick. Monday night back home for the Wizards at 7. Wednesday night at home against Toronto at 7. Friday night trip to Boston for a 7.30 start. And then Saturday, a back-to-back against the Bulls. Um, for the next five at home for the Pistons before they head west. So hopefully Detroit gets it turned up and turned around here. Good stretch of home games. We hope to see you down at Little Caesars Arena. This has been another installment of Wired, the Pistons podcast, brought to you by Jeep. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Chris Villar for joining me, Matt Derry. We'll talk to you again next week.